Good morning, friends. Thanks for listening. I had a quick thought that I wanted to share with you that maybe can sit in your head throughout your day and cause you to think about Jesus, whatever you're doing, and um, as you look around and see people. I was reading in Mark chapter 9, and he tells his disciples this really simple verse, and he says in Mark 9, 1, Truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, Truly I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God has come with power. Truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Now, when I was little, that verse always really confused me because I equated the kingdom of God coming to kind of like the last days or whatever kind of teaching that was. And so it was difficult for me to understand if Jesus said this to his disciples and the people following him, and now they're all dead, is it true that they got to see the kingdom of God come in all its power? And so what I realize now in thinking about that verse is that the answer has to be yes. One, Jesus said it. You will see the kingdom of God come with power. You, you will have seen it do that. You will have seen it do that before you taste death. And yet all of them are dead now. And so I start to think, well, if they must have seen the kingdom of God come with power, what did they see? And is it possible for me to see the same thing? And so I think about healings and I think about miracles and I think about all that stuff that Jesus did on the earth while he was here. And I think that may be part of it, but that might not be it because Jesus was actually doing that before he said that to his disciples. And so they hadn't seen the kingdom of God come with power, even though they had seen him do those healings. And then I see this moment where Jesus dies on the cross and he rises from the dead. And I think, well, maybe that's it. Maybe they see the kingdom of God take over the world. And then I see the Holy Spirit come and fall on everybody. And then thousands of people start to become Jesus followers. And I think, man, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a combination of Jesus actually dying on the cross, rising from the dead, leaving his Holy Spirit, and the work that the Holy Spirit has to do in our lives while we are still here. And that would be the kingdom of God coming in power. And so if the disciples then, Jesus said, you're going to see it before you die, then that means I have the potential to see it before I die. And I say all of that to say, That the kingdom of God is not something that just is just because. Jesus talks a lot about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. He asks us to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like we're supposed to call it into existence. And at one point he even says, you know, the kingdom of God 
is obtained by forceful people. And so as I think about this world and I think about all the fear in it and I think about all of the things that people are writing about on social media, especially politics right now, and then I think about the gospel and how the gospel is something that loves my neighbor as myself. The gospel is something that takes the stranger and lets them come into my home. The gospel is something that allows me to sacrifice time and energy and resources and even my life for the sake of someone else getting to have time and energy and resources and life. And I see the world beginning to move in the opposite direction. And we've seen it for probably the past, you know, our lifetime. The world always has a temptation to move in that direction. And we are called to go in the opposite direction. And so the thought that I want to have in your head, rattle around and in your heart today is, are you as a Jesus follower, one who has the potential to see the kingdom of God come with power and to pray it into existence and to live it into existence? Are you as a Jesus follower going to be a passive chaplain in this world that is suffering and hurting? Or are you going to be a prophetic challenge? Now, when I say passive chaplain, what I mean is someone who would say, let the people around me in the world do what it does, and I will stand off to the side so that if anyone comes to me, I can share the good news of Jesus with them, and I will try to do that within the context of the way the world is headed, and I will go along with decisions being made, and I will follow blindly, but I will also stand off to the side and offer Jesus. That would be a passive chaplain, and, and the, the other side of that coin would be a prophetic challenge, someone who, whenever they see anything happening, that doesn't involve the premise of the two greatest commandments, loving the Lord our God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and loving our neighbors like we love ourselves. And my definition of neighbor is the person who's hurting. Whoever's hurting is your neighbor. And so are we going to be a prophetic challenge to this world and say, if what we're doing isn't loving God and loving our neighbor like we love ourselves, then I'm going to stand out and do that no matter the cost, even if it leads me to a cross somewhere, sometime, even if the rest of church and other passive Jesus followers and passive chaplains tell me that I'm crazy. And so I guess that would be the thing I want to rattle around in your head is are you a accepting chaplain, a passive chaplain, an accepting chaplain in this world? Or are you a prophetic challenge, someone who's calling the kingdom into this world, a place where all people exist as loved by God, as children of God? And my hope for you and me is that we are the latter.
So think about it, and uh, I just pray that your day is filled with opportunities to be a prophetic challenge and to stand up and stand out for this concept of loving our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you so much for listening to the Rod Tucker Says Podcast. Have a great day.